Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Not getting enough Triple M footy? Or did you miss something and need to go back and have another listen? Get the Triple M NRL podcast. It's available right now on the Triple M NRL app. Sunday, a day to worship. Worship a small egg-shaped ball. Oh, no, he drops the ball. Just as long as I'm here in your arms, I could be in no better place. I've got to respect the ball. You're simply the best. Long live the weekend. Long live rugby league. Woo! Oh, you've got to love your rugby league. Two, three, four. Be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Welcome to the Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Very good afternoon, right across the Triple M network. This is the Sunday Sinbin. It's all about the NRL. Thanks to Bryden's lawyers, 1 800 848 848. They commit, protect, and succeed. A very good day to everybody at Maccas who've delivered us a special Father's Day breakfast here today. We love our Maccas. Some nuggies, some cheeseburgers, some uh, French fries. Gordon Tallis is in our. Uh, Queensland studio. Uh, hello, Gordy, and congratulations, Titans, having another win. Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Yeah, it's uh, two in a row, which is not often you can say that about a Queensland team at the moment, mm, is it? Two yeah. in a row. I don't know whether two is a row, but yeah. uh, it was a good game, actually, yesterday. The Dogs and the Titans, they uh, both played their best, and the Titans got up. Just a little bit lucky in the end with the Bulldogs' injuries. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll speak more about that game because they're going good, the Titans, at the moment. He celebrated his 50th over the last week. Uh, Paul Kent, welcome to you as well, and happy birthday, my friend. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, it's nice. It's been a pretty good weekend so far. Mm. All right, and uh, James <laughs> Triceps. Right over yet, though. No, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's not. Triceps, James Hooper, you've had a busy week on uh, on Fox League. Yeah, great time in the game at the moment, isn't it, Anthony? Plenty of news and getting close to the finals. And I'll tell you what, uh, the Gold Coast Titans, Gordy's got the gear on and they're yeah. flying, Anthony. Mm. They're two in a row now. Yeah. Is that the first time in their history they've won two in a row? Or, um, Listen, you couldn't oh, well, help no, yourself, could you? I wasn't being funny. It's a chainsaw teeth. Right, Just okay. keep on chomping right, down sorry. on your Mac. Well. Only three to go, though, though. Yeah. Uh, Only three. No, no, that, that's the problem. Hey, you wear a chair. Uh, no, that's the problem. I said <laughs> they'd win five in a row. Season. Which we right. can, what, does this bet go on forever? Does 100%. Yes. Well, it goes on for the remainder of this season. No. At least. Who are they playing next week? Broncos. Yeah, well, oh, there you go. They might get three. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, a happy Father's Day to all the dads, especially the dads that are working today, dads that can't see their little ones today, maybe because of COVID, maybe because of some other reason. We just stay listening. We're going to have some fun today and happy Father's Day. I've already had my poll out because it is Father's Day, so my poll is ready to go already, and here it is. Are you in favour of a second team in Brisbane? Are you in favour of a second team in Brisbane at Triple M underscore NRL or the Triple M Facebook page? You might think, obviously, I'm in favour or I'm not in favour. I think a team should be somewhere else. Give us your thoughts. We might talk about that a little bit later on. Boys, let's start off with a big win yesterday over the Roosters. They beat, uh, I should say, the Roosters beat the Raiders 18 points to six. Lots to come out of this game, Hoops. But let's start with Lukey Keary, James Tedesco. How did you see the game last night? James Tedesco, what form he's in. He's back to the Dalian medal uh, touch that he was in towards the back end of last season, peaking right at the best time of the year. Uh, That's one of the most 
complete performances I've seen from James um, probably this season. Uh, Luke Keary, how brave is he? Like, he's such a warrior, Anthony. Uh, he had a shattered rib. Uh, he would have had needles to take the field last night. He had Johnny Bateman, like a junkyard dog, at him every opportunity that he got last night, trying to drill him into the ground and, and get at him and hurt him. Uh, yet he just kept getting up and making his tackles and only the one run, but I thought just um, his subtle touches and his influence on the game. Really good sign for the Chooks going into the business end of the year. And then their coach afterwards said that he still thinks the side has more. So Mm. that's pretty scary when you think that they've just handled another side that was competing to finish in the top four. That's amazing to think that he said, you know, that they've got more. Um, Still the regular season's not over. The other... the other thing to come out of the game, of course, fellas, the big point to come out of the game was the return of Sonny Bill Williams, which was a little bit of an anti-climax, but I guess, Gordy, it was kind of always yeah. going to be his first game back in the NRL in six or seven seasons. He yeah. played for 13 minutes. What do you make of it? Oh, I, th- you know, I think if you average out that 13, 13 minutes over 80, I thought his work rate was pretty good, but he had four carries, I think, and five tackles. Well, that's over 20 hit-ups. So, you know, he's trying to get involved. We all know – well. I didn't think Sonny was going to be at his best. As you said, six years out of the game, um, coming from a second-tier competition over there in the UK um, and probably surgery too on the way over um, and he hadn't played for a while. So um, I think you'll probably see the best that Sonny can provide will probably be in about six weeks and it'll be peaking just in time. I'm sure he would have got confidence. He was nervous. Um, but he didn't come out and say he was going to set the world on fire. I think it's all of us, you know, expectation of the great Sonny Bill Williams that we thought that he was going to go out there and slot back in, but it's a bit harder than what you think. Well, the fact that you call him the great Sonny Bill Williams, though, Gordy shows that there is some expectation there because oh, he set absolutely. a standard and, and clearly he obviously wants to uphold that standard and I think that yeah. the, everybody wants to seem close to it. He did defend in the middle last night, which took a bit of juice out of him uh, and so I think he's going to get a little bit, uh, take a little bit of time to get match fit again and particularly playing in the middle where he's not a, you know, it's not familiar to him. So it was yeah. slightly different, but he's there to do a role for the Roosters and he's more than capable. Gordy, yeah, but, it's I, like, I... it's, but it's like Shane Warne, you know what I mean? So I put him in that category where every time we sat down to watch the Boxing Day test and Warney come in for an over, we we expected a wicket and over. Mm. But Warney's probably coming in and trying to tie someone up. So his game plan against that batter is different to what Sonny Bill Williams. And, you know, I remember talking to him really early in his career about living up to that guy in the paper, and we've all tried to live up to him because, you know, whether it's a raging bull or Warney or Sonny Bill Williams, but I think coming back to where he was, you know, I didn't expect him to, you know, go there, but <laughs> made his first hit up. There's about five Raiders just race out of him because he's got that big target on himself. And I think he's going to be better for the run. And as he said, you know, mate, the lungs were burning. He could taste the blood on the chest. And he just wants to get back into it slowly. And the NRL is the biggest – I don't care what anybody says. And I know what he talks about the All Blacks, and I'm not – and it's not a slot on the All Blacks. But this is the toughest competition in the world when it comes to both codes. Well, that game last night was fast. It was up-tempo. We heard all players from both sides speak afterwards about the fact that it felt like semi-final football. But, Gordy, I want to ask you, uh, in relation to Sonny Bill, how much of a factor would have been the nervous energy for him? Like, I I know he's been there and done it at all levels of elite sport, but, like, to sit there for as long as he had to and he had 5,000 cameras trained on him and every time that he got up and was passing the ball or having to run up and down the sidelines, how much does that take out of you as a player at times? 
it was great to sit on the couch and look at the second camera that was following the game every now and then, and the, <laughs> and the main camera was on Sonny Bill Williams, and yeah. they would throw to the game every now and then. But, yeah, look, I think there's a lot of pressure, and, you know, living up to that guy that everybody thinks he is and he's coming there, and there's no doubt part of that's in your brain, how much is there. Um, you know, and I think for a guy to come back at 35 and has ticked every box and his trophy cabinet's pretty full to be nervous means that he wants to perform at mm. this level. And, you know, he spoke about Tedesco and Kiri and all those guys. He wants those guys to probably tell their grandkids, well, listen, I played with this guy by the name of Sonny Bill Williams and he was old like the Arthur Beeson, but they don't want to let him down either. They nah. want to make sure that their legacy doesn't have any tarnish on it. Okay, boys, I've got some audio here of uh, Trent Robinson, the Roosters coach, talking about Sonny Bill. Yeah, look, he's not a uh, – obviously, he's not a middle defender. Um, so him going in there, he's obviously played back row his whole career in rugby league and, and centre in, in rugby union. So he's um, the, the role there, but that's what the team needed from him, and he knew that. Um, so I was really happy with his movements in there. Uh, obviously, he had some goal line D sets to do, and I thought he did really well. Uh, and then his ability to, to offer the combination plays, sort of some – uh, some combination plays, some running, some uh, some passing. Uh, you could see his eyes are wide when it comes to the attacking side of the game, and, and he was looking for it there. Um, so each game we want to improve on that. So Sonny's got this really aura about him off the field, so I think which is why the interest in the game. I think so many people are interested in watching the game. It would have been New Zealand, it would have been Australia, it would have been England, it would have been France, it would have been all those countries where we want to go to in the game. Everybody was interested in Sonny and he's got this aura about him, he's got this presence that's rare um, but then inside the dressing room we don't we, we feel that but we feel it as a, uh, as, as a player as a teammate. He's such a good guy he's a great guy he's a teammate and his thing is, is there's, not, there's not a separation between him and the other guys. He doesn't, he's so humble um, so the, the, the aura externally and internally slight, slightly different, but it has a huge effect on um, when a, everyone knows that external aura and then he walks in and he's one of the guys and he's willing to work and he's willing to go out and do his job in the middle of the field. Um, that's, that's the important thing. I think it's good for the game and good for the Roosters. Um, but the teammate bit's the most important for us. Well, there he is. He's a bloke who'd know a very successful NRL coach in Trent Robinson talking about the return of Sonny Bill Williams. And I, I got the feeling there, Hoops, uh, Trent Robinson didn't expect too much last night. Not at all. I think he got exactly what he was looking for out of Sonny Bill Williams. And I know people might say, well, hang on a minute, he only played 13 minutes of football. But I think if you look in the Roosters dressing shed beforehand and, you know, Gordon spoke about the presence of Arthur Beetson back with that Queensland side all those years ago uh, in the early 80s. And, and then you can go further to that um, in, in relation to Sonny Bill. Look at the performance of James Tedesco, Angus Crichton, Siwa Torquiaho. To me, it looked as though some of the influence Sonny Bill had had was simply by the fact that he was in that dressing mm. room and he was running down the same tunnel as them and they were going to get the opportunity to play with this bloke who's got this aura. So, you know, there's that saying that the best players generally play better with better players around them. Yep. And, and I think that you could really see that last night. Yeah, and it's their presence. You know, like I just like all the stories you hear about those greats. You know, like the Raiders players when they talk about Mel. I reckon Mel in '94, like they won the grand final, but Mel wasn't 
at his 87 or 88 when he was running over people. Mel just sat out there, but if you're looking over there and someone's pulling up his socks and his name's Mel Meninga and you know he's been in every situation, so when something hits the fan, he's just going to walk over, hey, boys. And he had all those other guys that were natural leaders and he knew that, you know, Mel's getting some advice off them and then you've got the young David Ferner and those guys coming through and they're your enthusiasm. Mm. Well, that's what the Roosters need. I think they just need and we're lacking it in the game. When I played with a guy, and it's not Sonny Bill Williams' name, but it's Wally Fulton-Smith. And I love playing with him because he played with all those old guys and just his experience that he'd been in, you know. And, you know, I think Sonny will add that. Now, just before we go away from Sonny, a question I want to ask you, boys, is obviously last night, for his own reasons, he didn't have the Roosters regular sponsor across his back, which is a betting mob. Mm -hmm. He had something else written across his back. Uh, I wonder if... Now, we've seen in the past a player didn't want to play NRL on a Sunday because of his religious reasons. Now we've got a player that doesn't have a betting mob on his back. I wonder, Paul, if we're not... If the NRL clubs... As Australia moves forward as a nation, there's more different races, more different religions. I think... Maybe rugby league clubs are creating a rod for their own back when they make these exceptions. Oh, look, whatever they do at the moment, Anthony, it's not a hard and fast rule. So I think that's just a negotiation to happen between the club, the player and the sponsor. And if everybody comes out of it happy, yeah, so be it. Mm. Now, you could argue that Unibet have got more publicity out of yeah. the fact he's not wearing it than the fact that he, if he just run out and it had not been mentioned. Mm. So they've got more publicity out of the fact that he didn't wear Unibet on the back. Now, obviously, the, the the music company that ended up being on the back uh, got some great publicity out of it. But I, 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 you know, I think Unibet, I don't think they'd be too concerned because there'll be, there's been a lot of chatter about them. There's been a lot of media coverage of that, which they wouldn't have got normally. And I think it started in cricket with Ushman Kawaja when he wouldn't wear an alcohol sponsor on the B-B. front of his... Yeah. You know, and then he was playing for our country. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so... And then they pour in money and obviously it goes down the grassroots. And mm. But there's a fine line, Anthony, but if the sponsor's happy with it, and as what Paul just alluded to, they, they end up getting more coverage. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mate, they they actually would... get more coverage out of taking it off Sunny Bills and then they just talk about Unibet and it's in the same article. In fairness, Gordy, I wouldn't normally... Notice, right? I didn't know that Unibet were the major sponsor mm. across the because clubs change sponsors mm. so regularly. I know that Staggles have mm. primarily been um, their major sponsor on the front of their jersey for many years, but I hadn't even noticed no. Unibet on the back. Then it becomes a yarn because Sonny Bill doesn't want to have it on his jumper mm. and then ends up wearing yeah. another sponsorship arrangement. Uh, I, I just think, yeah, yeah it's case by case basis. I think so, but, but I we think... all know that um, Bankstown RSL is Maroon sponsor. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Yes. Right. I think well, that's where we'll this conversation. I get the feeling yeah. this is where this conversation <laughs> no. could yeah. be headed. No, mm. I'm being in the fair income department. Okay, now, now, <laughs> with great respect to everyone's religion and and beliefs, with great respect to Sonny and with great respect to whoever and whatever the beliefs are. Now we've got one player at the Roosters that doesn't want to wear the bet mob on his back. What happens in 10 or 15 or 20 years' time when there's more people from that culture playing in the rugby league? Now there's six blokes playing that don't want to wear the betting mob. Yeah. Now there's a problem. Well, that'll, that'll, uh, that'll start to happen as part of the negotiation when you sign your contract. Right. Mm. And they'll have to come up to a satisfactory decision there and yeah. agreement. I... I I think you're making a mountain out of a molehill, Anthony. I'll tell you what, Sonny Bill Williams is such a unique superstar athlete, right? Mm. There's not too many blokes who can walk in and as part of their negotiations say, by the way, 
I don't want to have that. Yeah. I, I'm happy to play for you, but I, if it's all good with you, I don't want to have that yeah. element of gambling involved on a jumper that I'm wearing. We, if other players walked in and said that, I'm tipping club bosses would say, no worries, there's the door. Well, I hope we it on the way out. We saw that with Hoppawati when he said he didn't want to play on a Sunday and they went and they negotiated and it was part of his contract and he actually took a little bit of, uh, of a cut and pay because of that. Mm. But there was also ongoing discussions and ultimately he changed his decision there. Yeah. Mm. And he buckled because a lot of like other players at times were getting frustrated, especially when Canterbury were losing games, mm. that he wasn't he was of one course. of their better players yeah. and he, he wasn't available. Mm. Yeah, all right. Well, look, uh, just to close off on that, I'm not making a mountain out of a molehill. Let's talking about the Raiders now. Uh, obviously, um, they lost, uh, you know, Josh Papali, a serious injury. Gee, Gordy, uh, Josh, that's a, an injured Josh Papali is a massive yeah. drama. Yeah, what 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 was it in the end, boys? Is it an AC or is it a... AC just, joint. Yeah, AC joint. Go well, scans today. Yeah, you, <laughs> I don't know how long, but he's a... He's a guy that's played quality minutes. Maybe maybe the rest might suit him. I saw that last week. Ricky, I think, started him off the bench or the week before. My Papali's played a lot of quality minutes in the middle. It gives a chance to the guys like Tarpany and those guys coming back. I think Sia Soliola's coming back soon. So those guys can get more quality minutes leading into the final series. I think um, it's sad, but I think they're going to play finals. Um it's going to be a totally different finals race, this one, because everybody might have to travel. I don't even know what's going to happen, but mm. Papali will be okay. Just as long as he's coming back in two to three weeks, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Okay, boys, uh, obviously John Bateman, we're all – goes without saying we're impressed with him last night. We always are. He's going back to the Super League. That's just – he is just going to be – a cut above in the Super League, isn't he? What a waste. What a shame to see him go, Kenty. Yeah, it is a shame. He's a quality player and he, he brings a, uh, something really different to Canberra. He's just so unpredictable as a player and uh, he's he's such a winner. And he, he makes everybody out out there with him a better player. Uh, and I think it's a real pity that the Raiders have lost him. I think, you know, the, the sadness is he got bad advice. He had... You know, a contract whisperer in his ear, <laughs> filling him with promises. Couldn't deliver on the promises, but by then he'd, he'd sour the relationship with the Raiders who'd uh, had to, you know, spend their money elsewhere. So now he's going back to the English Super League next season and he's lost to the NRL. But I just think that it'd be nice to see him stay, but what can you really do? Like, a, he's just a quality player, but uh, he, he's got some bad advice. Has that nearly happened a couple of times to you, Anthony? You've had a contract whisperer yeah, in your ear when you've been in negotiations. Well, only this time around I, I negotiated down because yeah. I wanted to get ready for COVID, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so, yeah, that has happened to me a couple of times. You're going to avoid the awkward situation. I, I've had to uh, come sometimes stalk a few bosses to make sure I got the contract over the line. But nevertheless, we did just say in the car coming over the Anzac Bridge, we wouldn't bring up our personal lives on air. And there you go, 17 and a half minutes, Hoops. You've let your family down, you've let your kids down, but worse of all, hey, hey, you've let Father's yourself Day, down. Anthony. It's Father's Day. Correct. No one's letting anyone down. All right, let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about Father's Day as Triple M rocks the footy. Sunday's Sinbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. Woo! The Triple M 
Sunday Simbi. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M rocks footy. And welcome back. Happy Father's Day wherever you are listening across the Triple M network or via the Triple M NRL app, which you should have too because finals are only three or four weeks away. Now, Maroons poll today. Are you in favour of a second Brisbane team? Now, it's not as clear cut as you might think. You might think a second team should go elsewhere. You might not think there's the talent in the NRL for a second team. You might not think now is the time. Are you in favour of a second NRL team in Brisbane? Uh, that is the question. Are you in favour of a second NRL team in Brisbane? Yes or no at Maroons poll at triple M underscore NRL or via the Triple M NRL Facebook page. Now, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads listening, all the dads on the back patio now getting ready for a Father's Day lunch. Uh, we're talking about the best father-son NRL combos. We are just having a chat about off-air there, uh, Kenty, Hoops and Gordy, some obvious ones that come to mind, of course, uh, Brett and Joshy Morris and their dad, Slippery, who was one of my favourite players growing up. Ivan and Nathan Cleary, Mitchell and Wayne Pierce, the Curtis, uh, Curtis Bailey and Paul Sirinan, the Hopawades. The list is endless. Yeah, look, yeah, I, my favourite combination, I think, the father and son, uh, certainly as far as, as talent goes, uh, uh, Steve Rogers and Matt Rogers. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, Steve Rogers... Uh, is just a shandy off, uh, you know, being being immortal in, in many respects. He he was such a wonderful player, uh, so talented, could do everything on the field, uh, scored tries, had this uh, in, in, in every different way, had a beautiful running style, just so balanced and graceful the way he ran the football. Uh, Matt Matt didn't have the grace that his dad had, but certainly, gee, he was a hell of a footballer too. And uh, went and played for the Australia Kangaroos, played for the Wallabies, uh, outstanding career. So, yeah, that's one where yeah, he really threw to the thigh there. Yeah, and I was just thinking about Steve Rogers. We used to call him Sludge, didn't we, Sludge, in the yeah. day? And he obviously irony. played. Anthony. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I realise that, Paul. Um, obviously, he mo- most known for playing for the Sharks, where he played 200 games. Uh, but then he had a stint with the Dragons in 1983 and 84, back to the Sharks for two games and one game for Widness. But um, he was a sensational player. Brilliant. And he was so talented. Like, went through the 70s, he, he played in the centres with, with Bob Fulton or Mick Cronin. And then towards the end of his career, he, he shifted to five eighth, and then to lock. Uh, and so he had the ball skills to be able to play at both positions. He had the toughness to, to, to defend at lock, like the locks used mm. to back in the day. He was just a wonderful player. Yeah, and young and Matt. a great follower too. Mm. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, it, it was sort and, of like and, I remember a pub one yeah. day. And we, down in Cronulla, uh, and we, and he was CEO of the, of the Sharks at the time. We said, "Wonder what he's doing." Ring him up. We rang him up. Mate, what are you doing? We're at the pub. He was there fifteen minutes later. <laughs> yeah, that's gold. That's yeah, great. And of course, uh, young Matt goes without saying. Most yeah. of us listening would remember how good he was. What about you, you Gordy? Oh well, obviously that's a good one. But probably um, I worked with Johnny Lang and Marty Lang. I think that they're t- two totally different players. And Marty Lang squeezed a hell of a lot out of an orange, you know, and Johnny Lang was a great hooker and back in the old days we had to strike and win the footy and he serviced from dummy half and that's what you were judged on and you and then you get his his son coming through the end of that tough era that I had where and he just run as straight and with more interest than anybody else that played the game and Marty just, there was no nonsense about him. He was a 
super player and I love playing with him to a point where I think New South Wales, as I said, well, he was he was the guy that we knew. And this is a rap. I was playing Webby that if you stop Marty Lang, you stop the Queensland forward pack because he gave us energy because the hair would fly back, but he always took that real tough – he always took the toughest hit up in the game, Marty Lang. And um, he was a good one. And probably an honourable mention would be Wayne Bennett and Scotty Minto. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't help yourself. <laughs> yeah, like uh, they both played on the wing. Um, you know, both scared to get tackled. Couldn't make a tackle. <laughs> oh, Gordy, that's gold. That's gold. Hey, do you know what? There's actually a statue because I'm just sitting here, just down the road at the Caxton. There is a statue of Scotty Minto in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a statue down at Lang Park. What's it doing And they in knew there? that Scotty wouldn't have. Mate, there's statues down at Lang Park. I think there's uh, Wally, Mal, Elf. Lockie, um, Elf, and Arthur Beetson. Yep. And they knew Scotty Minto wouldn't get one. So there's one in the Caxton Hotel as you walk in. A life-size <laughs> statue of Scotty Minto. That's yeah. good. But he used to punch above his weight for the Bronx on the wing, Scotty Minto. Scotty. He had a crack. Yeah, yeah great follow too. Mm. Um, I think he's done a lot of work for the rugby league up there in Rockhampton. Okay. Yeah. Okay, what about you? Uh, have you got one for us, Hoops? Yeah, I went for – I'm going to go a little bit left field. Uh, Johnny Sattler and Scotty oh, Sattler. So, one. you know, you talk about Marty Lang and the influence he had uh, with that Penrith side back in 2003. I don't think Penrith win the comp if those two blokes don't play in that forward pack. And I know Craig Gow was extremely influential uh, on that night and in them winning the premiership that season. But those two players, their leadership at that club that season uh, was outstanding. And I don't think that they're able to win Penrith's second title uh, without their influence. And, of course, Anthony, you'd remember fondly. I never got to see Johnny Sattler play, but I've yeah. certainly watched plenty mm. of the old um, black and white vision, particularly the 1970 grand final where famously, you know, he plays with a, a busted jaw and he's got all those champion teammates like Bob McCarthy and Ronnie Coote and John O'Neill and all looking after him. It's uh, it's rugby league folklore at its best. Well, look, I was only 21 in 1970, so I vaguely remember. <laughs> no, I was only four, but just like, like you, I've seen um, many of uh, times uh, the video of it and I've had the absolute pleasure of uh, knowing uh, both Johnny and Scotty through my association with the Bunnies. But that's what we're talking about, great, great father and son combinations that have played in the NRL. We didn't mention our very good mate Paul Sooner and he's two boys. Boys who are currently yeah. playing, of course, the Hoppers and you Wayne. mentioned him off the top. I mentioned him, but we didn't get into any great detail yeah. about him. Who's but the worst ever combination? Oh, geez, it was not for Ooh. me to say. But um, <laughs> anyone want to? I think. Would you like to comment? Anybody would like to comment I on that? I don't know. That's mm. bad. I think, but I think any dad, like NRL, any dad that had his son playing in the NRL can't be that bad. No, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. You know. Although me and my dad both played for the Waterloo Waratahs. <laughs> But he went all right, my dad. He yeah. went all right. He kicked yeah. a couple of field goals. He yeah. started games, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he made a tackle. Yeah, we'll, to wash his shorts. <laughs> we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll get this thing back on track. It's our Father's Day special. Mm. And thanks once again to Maccas for uh, bringing us in the nuggies and the cheeseburgers. When we come back, we'll talk about that night's massive win over the Sharkies. Didn't see that one coming. We do it thanks to our friends at Bryden's Lawyers. Triple M rocks the footy. Sunday Sinbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. Woo! The Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M rocks footy. And let's go through all the games as Triple M rocks the footy. Panthers 25, Broncos 12, uh, Storm 22, South 16, Gold Coast making it two in a row with a 
18-14 win over the Dogs. A serious injury to Kieran Four, and we'll talk about that in the course of the afternoon. Tigers, what a comeback to beat Manly 34-32. Roosters 18, Raiders 6. Those scores are all thanks to tyre power. Today we've got Warriors, Eels, Cowboys, Dragons. Uh, but right now let's talk about that Knights-Sharks game. They just struck back so well, didn't they, the Knights, to, to win that game by 38 points to 10. There was an honesty session in, a, in, a, in and around the team there, Hoops. In the lead-up to the Newcastle victory? Yeah. Yeah, I think their coach called them out a couple of weeks ago, and as much as the players have since tried to dance around it and say that it was taken out of context, I, I don't think it was. He said he questioned whether there were elements uh, within the team who had this sense of entitlement and the fact that they basically felt as though they were a good enough side that they deserved to be in the finals. and. Given their performance a week earlier against the Warriors, where they had 36 put on them, uh, you would say that they were entitled, absolutely. Mm. But the response against Cronulla was really strong. Now they've got to back it up. They've got to back it up against the Chooks coming up next week. So the assignments don't get any easier. Yeah, look, honesty sessions are a funny thing. Uh, They do work, and and you can almost get immediate – well, you can get immediate improvement out of them. But they have to be genuinely honest. You know, people – Sometimes, you know, people will have honesty sessions, but they're not being completely honest, mm. or others can't handle the can't handle the, the honesty. So uh, they could backfire a little bit that way. But if, if everyone buys in for the manner it's intended, which clearly the Knights have, I thought they were they were really good, and I thought that they 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 corrected the course the other night, and uh, I think that they're a side that. Um, like I said before, that they've relied very much on the energy of Mitchell Pearce, and they play very much to the energy that he puts into his game. Uh, and Caelan Ponga, he's just sort of he's grown on another leg this year. It's just other assets in his game, his toughness, and things like that. And what happened the other night? He got his nose busted, well and good. And just got up and stuck a few plugs up it, and off he went again. And I thought uh, the the Knights really turned around. They they're a, a real example of how you can turn things around in a week. Yeah, and not and notwithstanding, they have had an injury toll as bad as any other NRL oh, well, team. It was the worst in the competition about two two weeks ago. But with the honesty session, Imaroon, you're like this. Every time you point a finger at someone, there's three pointing back at yourself. And, <laughs> and, and no, maybe you got to get up and stand up. And I'd rather them saying, "Oh, well, you know, like, well, we're doing this, or we need to do this." Say, "Well, this is what I'm going to do." Mm. And then if you put yourself on show and then you write up on the board what you're going to do in the next month to get your game in order and everybody h- holds you accountable to that, I think it's probably going to be a little bit better. And I thought Nathan Brown probably had a couple of these sessions last year, which is dangerous. They've got a new coach. You know, he comes out of the Melbourne system and, you know, he's this, he's that, he's the next Craig Bellamy. Well, you don't have to have honesty sessions because your side should go out there and they keep themselves and they keep themselves accountable and your teammates accountable right beside you mm. through the game when you're chipping them. I remember an AFL player maybe three years ago, he went there and he belittled his teammate on the field and he pushed him and and then everybody went up in arms. But that's when you got to tell them. Right there in the moment, you tell them what they're doing wrong, not in a video room because no one gets to see it and then they can hide from it and... You know, I think the Knights have so much talent, but they're mm. just not all pulling. And as what you said, Hoops, that they wait for Mitchell Pearce mm. to be their star. Mm. That's dangerous in itself because Mitchell can't be up for the 20-odd rounds. He mm. can't be the guy that leads them every week. Somebody else has to take the torch for him. I think in the case of Mitchell Gordon, he's been carrying um, various injuries for you know uh, uh, various stages of 
the season, I think one of the issues has been that he's had a knee complaint. That you know, he's a hell of a tough player, Mitchell Pearce. We talk about father and son combinations, and he and his old man Wayne will be remembered as two of the toughest of all time, no question. So, uh, Mitchell's extremely brave. But I think when Caelan Pong is on and when those two are working yeah. in unison, Newcastle are, are near unstoppable. Uh, where the Knights are going to have to find ways to try and better protect Caelan is opposition teams are clearly just putting his name on the chopping block every single week and saying, right, if we bash him and take try and take him, nullify him out of the game as much as possible, then you go a long way towards stopping. Don't they have, Clemmer, don't they have the biggest forward pack in the competition that can return serve? Hmm. The Saifidi brothers? Yep. Well, Clemmer? One of them's injured and Glasby's Mate, injured. We didn't no, go you after, can't really oh, return no, no, no. serve these Clemmer's days. There. Oh, Clemens no, mate, there, but, but Sofidi like and Glasby aren't. Glasby's yeah, mate, but we not, always no. went to Newcastle to say, okay, well, if we stop Joey and then they had, you know, Gidley, so, like, let's get into Gidley's a real pretty player on the edge and then, like, let's bomb Boozy Hughes or Robbie Owen, beat them up because they bring the ball back so good. Hold on, Chief's doing the same to us. Yeah. Butterfield and Sargent, <laughs> like, mate, they're all return and serve. Yeah. Well, on the back of uh, talking about Kalen Ponga being a target, um, it's all centres around this issue of him uh, being hit by Chad Townsend. Chad Townsend was sent off. Yep. Mm. Uh, if you missed the audio on Fox or Channel 9, whatever you watch, uh, Chad Townsend was sent off um, after a hit made on him. Uh, when he hit Caelan Ponga. It was the 6pm game, Anthony. Okay, let's have a listen to some audio about that and we'll come back and chat about it. Yeah, again, I'd, I'd like to have a look at it. You know, you guys would have seen it much more replayed than myself. I, yeah, it's a shoulder charge. Um, you know, there was four series, arm was tucked. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. You know, whether it was a send-off, I'm not so sure. You know, I, um, you know, we, we were in a game the other week there where there was a 50-50 send-off of Kevin Proctor and... You know, we are on the right end of it. But, you know, today, um, yeah, maybe you could have stayed on the field. But, you know, rules are the rules. And, um, you know, I feel for Chaddy. I don't think he's ever even been uh, simbin in his career, let alone sent off. And he's not one to, to, to play like that. But he was just trying to change the momentum of the game and, and shot off the line and, and just trying to make a tackle and, and obviously got it wrong. So, um, you know, no doubt he'll have a case to answer. And... Um, we'll have to get a case together to defend well, him. That's John Morris, the uh, NR, the uh, coach of the Sharkies. I, I wonder. I mean, it did look spectacular, didn't it? It looked like yeah. a massive hit. What do you think, PK? Did you think it deserved to be sent off? Uh, no, but it was an unusual. I, I applaud the referee for doing. It. I, I think there should be more send offs in the game. I don't, I don't. I don't. We have this belief in the game uh, that the, we, uh, of these acceptable penalties. The guy should be able to do this and do that and, and not be sent off. I think th- there are offences in the game you should be sent off for. Whether they got this right, I don't know. Uh, I think that the referee was under the belief that the shoulder charge had contact to the head. And we heard Caelan Ponger after the game say that there was no contact to the head. And I would, from what the replays I've watched, I can't see contact to the head. Uh, there might be another angle that, that does show that, but it doesn't look like it. It certainly was spectacular, but it was very unusual because on one angle you can see the referee signal time off and Ponga clearly hears it yeah. and stops, Yeah, but Chad Townsend seemingly doesn't hear it mm-hmm. and just he just attacks. Mm. So it was, uh, it was all the more spectacular because of that because Ponga had basically 
pulled up stumps. He was mm. slowing down and coming to a stop. Mm. Uh, and so he was quite relaxed when he got hit. And then we had to, he had to plug up his nose from where he busted it earlier, <laughs> yeah. which flew out. I thought it was a couple of Barry Beathmer and yeah. yours when you get clipped in Is that his teeth? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it looked like yeah. at first. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so, so I, look, I'm forgiving of the referee for doing that. Uh, I, I don't. And, and I like the fact that referees got the courage to send someone off because I think there should be more in it. Mm. And there's so many high tackles these days, and I think we're, we're so far off the ball as far as how we treat them. So I'm not going to be too critical, but I, it's an unusual one. I, I think he'll get off. I think they'll you'll get the shoulder charge, and yeah. that'll that'll be his penalty. That's yeah, which will cost him a few weeks to be honest. But when I say get off, he won't get any more serious with a, a attacking the head or anything like that. Yeah, I reckon they got it right, PK, based on the fact that, uh, as you just pointed out, the referee had actually tried to stop mm. play. Townsend seemed to have ample time to, if he wanted to, but he doesn't pull out of it. But he but, he just kept going like a bull at a gate, yeah. launched off the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's got both feet off the yeah. ground. It, it, it was really unusual. Um, <laughs> the only thing that I can think of recently, and, and it was far more severe, but I remember Johnny Hoppawati one day yeah. launched himself at Keithy Galloway Keithy. at Brookvale Oval <laughs> yeah. and fed him nearly decapitated yeah. poor Keithy. But he did awful. hit him in the head that He that did, shot. he and did, and, and it was, was a, was, the shoulder was cocked, and it was a blatant, yeah. uh, cheap shot. I, I, in Townsend's case, that cost him about eighteen weeks. Though I think, I it was think that was the end of him. Was twelve? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was nearly the end of Hopper's career. But um, look, in, in relation to this one, uh, Chad Townsend, very out of character. Like he's Chad Townsend. I don't think he's ever even um, been put on report before. You know, he, he's a squeaky clean style of a halfback. He's a great bloke off the field, so it is surprising to see him involved in um, in that style of an incident. But I do think, Kenty, yeah. if he does decide to roll the dice and go down and face the judiciary, I, I think he'll end up doing five weeks. Well, it depends what he gets charged for. Well, he's, been char- he's been charged. With what? Three? Was it a grade three, is it? Yeah, they hit him with a grade three shoulder charge. See, I, re- I reckon he'll argue. I, so I, I'd argue. I'd plead, take an early guilty plea, but I'd argue for a downgrade. Yeah. So, look, the thing that so I also find unusual. went to the judiciary, everybody goes, he's a thug. He should get 12 weeks. Yeah, but you were. <laughs> because it's Chad, because he's nice. Yeah. He's, oh, he should just, mate, just let him off. But his hair's never out of place. Yeah. He's like I I know. Play a game of footy. It's, it's like Chris Isaac. Yeah. Maybe yeah, did a bad, bad <laughs> thing. It's, it's like, like a blow dry. Yeah. Hey, big, big font. Boys, it's like Billie Jean King. The one <laughs> thing that's interesting out of that is that you don't see Townsend – Hesitate or pause at any point. So it's not. So he could. Like I think he can argue he didn't hear the referee. Yeah. Because if you hear the referee, your body. You often see people react to it, and if they want to go on with it anyway, then they'll start again. They'll so they'll, they'll pull up and just brief uh, pause briefly, and then go again. He didn't need to. He just. It's like he was oblivious to the call. Yeah. Kalen looked like a crash test dummy, didn't he? he? Did. Just boom. Oh. Hey boys, what about now? Uh, Considering that we all probably think that eight, the makeup, the teams that will be in the eight are now in the eight, do we think the Sharkies and Newcastle are making up the numbers? Do we think we, they can go any further in, in the finals race? Oh, I think they can get through that first week if they play well. Mm. Uh, it's going to be – Sharks aren't going that great. The Sharks aren't putting together back-to-back games. So to think that they can do anything in the finals at the moment. Sharks are cannon fodder. They haven't yeah. beaten another top eight side all season. And I think now with 
Uh, Chad Townsend facing suspension. Wade Graham in a similar boat. I felt for Wade Graham, Gordon, like that uh, incident that he was involved in. I know that he was the player who lifted the legs, but it was yes. more. It was more um, Toby. Uh, Toby Rudolph, yeah, who, yeah, who the, really yeah, drove him down. Yet Wade Graham's the one who stood up on the on the heavier charges. So yeah, but the reason yeah, well, is because well, obviously because you don't the lift the leg. Well, yeah. yeah, I understand. I get it. I get yeah. it. But I just felt yeah. for him because I don't reckon it ends up anywhere near as severe if Rudolph doesn't rush in and drop all his weight down, and it doesn't end up as severe if he doesn't lift the leg. Yes. Mm. All right. But he so, was so, in that moment, though, he yeah. was just trying yeah, oh, to make mate, a, a Yes, because they keep on moving their leg yeah. and then made in the video review, they'll be saying, mate, mate, why didn't you lift his leg and turn him over and turn him to the ground and accidents happen? Yep. I think it's one of those accidents. Yes. But but when it looks dangerous and you put him in a dangerous position, yep, you're gonna you get, know, there's you're a rap sheet to go with it. Yeah. Yep. All right, boys, uh, let's take a break. We've still got to come back and do I Call BS. We'll talk about some other, Mm. some big games on today. Warriors, Parramatta. Can the Warriors beat Parramatta? That will really set the cat amongst the pigeons. But it's Father's Day. We're just sitting back. We're smoking a pipe. We've got our feet up on the old... uh, what they used to call that thing, the puff back in the uh, 70s. <laughs> they don't call it that now, but they used to call it that. And we're just enjoying each we other's still... company. Uh, Paul Kent, Hoops, mm. Gordy mm. Tallis Maroon. They've just told mm. us they're going to take a photograph of your shorts, Anthony, and yeah. put them up on social mm. media. Yeah. They're concerned about how tight they are. Yeah. Well, I don't know. See, mate, you've got no fashion sense. Oh, these are the latest fashion. Anthony. I got, yes. What? You gotta give away. You gotta give away fashion, mate. When your legs are turning purple, (laughs) (laughs) so you you brag about your calves and how how sculpted they are, are, mate. They're starting to look like (laughs) dangleberries at the moment. I tell you what. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll get a photo if we get a photo of the shorts. We're going to get up. Look at these calves. Have you ever seen calves like it? (laughs) Yeah, we can get Um, the calves as well. (laughs) We're going to take a break. No, we won't. We did the shorts yesterday. These are the same shorts. Yes, I'm wearing the same shorts as yesterday. Concerned you might not have been able to get them off last (laughs) night. (laughs) Well, we'll take a break. And when we come back, I call BS. It's Triple M Rocks the Footy. Sunday Sinbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. The Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M rocks footy. And welcome back to it. We've got some games coming up for you this afternoon. Warriors, Eels, Cowboys, Dragons tonight. They'll be thanks to Tyre Power. The scores there. Tyre Power get up to $150 cash back on selected BF Goodrich Tyres. So we've got uh, Paul Kent, Gordon Tallis, James Hooper. It's time for this. There's been plenty of BS in 2018. Here are the best bits. I call BS. All right, let's have a look at I call BS. This is where we give you the opportunity to get something off your chest. Now, Do we might go be back footy two years or something? Or I don't know what happened <laughs> no, there. We've just got to pretend that didn't problem with the, um, Yeah, well, that's what you do. You just play to the whistle. If right. something goes wrong, you just play to the whistle. Oh, okay. And you, you've just blown the whistle, so now we've got to <laughs> stop and start again. Well, sorry, mate. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, no, let's I'm send that upstairs and have rate. a look. Yeah. Uh, we might have to send yeah. that up to the bunker yeah. and have a look. Uh, well, boys, um, what do you want to call BS on this? You can let, get something off your chest here. It doesn't have to be rugby league related. No, I want to call BS on the uh, the AFL. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, this week, look, this week the AFL announced that they're taking the um, the grand final to to Brisbane. Uh, yeah, they've spent a lot of money in the area to, to to try and promote the game up there. I still don't think it's it's really ever going to take over rugby league. But most of all, I, I just want to point out, I just think. 
Uh, yeah, like the Gold Coast up there are currently Queensland's best team, mm. coming 13th. <laughs> the Cowboys are 14th. Yeah. The Broncos are 15th. Mm. And then this week the AFL announces that they're going to put the grand final in Brisbane. I just I think Queenslanders have suffered enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just really believe <laughs> that this was just a step too far. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so I just I look and honestly, don't worry about your team running 13, 14th or fifteenth <laughs> grand final now. So, so I just think I just think they just had no class this this week, the AFL. They they should yeah. just Left Queenslanders out of their misery. I, mm. I, I don't get it. Like, everybody asked me because I was on the Matty John show, oh, mate, it's really big news. I'm not being rude. I didn't hear of it that much. Like, it wasn't massive here. We, it didn't dominate the papers. It didn't dominate the radio that mm. I listened to on Triple M, and I know, but where everybody's stationed. So the point is, I think it's a COVID-safe event. They can't have the big parade, so there's not going to be all those big fanfare lunches. The players can't go out and get to schools and promote it and take the trophy around. So yeah. it's a game that's only going to be on TV and, you know, unless there's a Brisbane side or the Gold Coast Suns or the um, Brisbane Lions in it, we're not really not going to get behind it anyway. Everybody loves a winner, but we're not going to get behind it anyway. If there's two Melbourne teams here, they would have been better off. I think Adelaide offered them 30 million bucks to take it there or Perth. People that have turned up every week every week and driven to go watch the game. I think we lose that as our game. You've got to reward the people that turn up. Mm. All right. To support your game. It'd be like us taking the NRL grand final this year to Perth. Well, I'd got, be filthy if it didn't a, go to Townsville. It's a poor decision. Here. It's a poor decision. Yes. It makes you shake your head. They've gone there strategically, well. okay, but mm. they won't be able to benefit the strategy because they, they won't be able to get out and have all the the, the, the events around the grand final with all the COVID yeah. at the moment. And and as Gordy pointed out, they've knocked back $30 million from the Adelaide government to take it there. Mm. The other, so they're already $30 million in the... In the, the hole. Yeah. the other problem with that strategy is, Kenty, uh, while they were all trying to make a bit of fanfare and a bit of a parade around the announcement, I think a couple of blokes jumped out of the bubble and ended up going and making headlines yeah. down at the Gold Coast. And so that was all dominating oh. the headlines <laughs> in the news. That was yeah. all everybody was talking about, yeah. more than the fact that the AFL Grand Final was going to be in Brisbane. Those so, yeah. two palookas. Gordy, would you like to call BS? Um, yeah, I wouldn't. Look, I, I normally stay out of other people's sport, but that Jeff Rushton, mm. The guy that trained Jeff Horn, and I think Jeff Horn put him on the map. He had that famous fight with Pacquiao. And, you know, as I said, every time I've gone to an event and someone's asked Jeff Jeff Horn for an autograph or a photo, he's jumped up and jumped beside him. And then he sort of threw him under the bus today. He said that he fought with no heart and, you know, he's not hungry and anything like that. And I just think, you know, someone that's been so close to him when he said that, you know, that I've got a great relationship, no one cares for him as much as... Um, his family and I do, and you know, I I th- I think it's poor taste. I think he's come under the pump from his uh, decisions in the corner to make him try to keep on fighting on and not knowing his fighter. And now he's saying that weeks out he thought that he had lost his hunger. Well, that's your job as a coach to realise that and try to inspire him. And if you can't do it before the fight, you don't throw you don't throw your best fighter and the guy that's made you famous under the bus after it. I believe. Yeah. Well, look, if you can't motivate him. You shouldn't be putting him in the ring. Mm. And quite clearly, in hindsight, he shouldn't have put him in the ring. So It's not just this fight either, is it? I mean, you blokes oh. both know you're boxing. You can go back over the last three or four fights where, you know, mm. Jeff Horn's 
too brave for his own good a lot of the time. Yeah. He, he's never going to want to throw the towel in. But that's I'm never going to bag Jeff Horn, mate. The way he nah. goes out there and fights, he's a great fellow. You Lion meet him. He's, yeah, absolutely. But as I said last week, I think I read in an article, you've got to save some people from themselves. Mm. Yep. Right? Yeah, well said, Gordy. And he didn't save him from himself. He's never going to quit. There's no quitting Jeff Horn. Mm. Right? He's a guy that goes out there and he squeezes everything out of himself. And, you know, he had those two fights with Zarafa and it was a lucky punch in the ninth that sort of turned that fight around. But he was going to lose to Michael Zarafa twice, you know, and um, Crawford. So I think since Pacquiao, um, he hasn't improved. I thought that he should have went to another coach. And this article proves that. Yeah, well that if said. he wants to fight on, go find somebody else that cares about you. A couple of very high-level I call BSs have come through off the back fence, as you like to say, hoops. Triceps, do you have an I call BS? I'm going to call BS on the West Tigers and their handling of the Benji Marshall saga. So Benji's been a club legend for the West Tigers almost his entire career now. Uh, he won a premiership with them in 2005. Everybody remembers that flick pass that's still talked about today and inspired a generation of kids to want to be like Benji Marshall. And if there's one player who deserved the respect of being able to go out on his own terms, well, Benji's earned that right. And I think uh, the people who are in charge at the Tigers, the way that they've dropped the ball in relation to this, and you know, I like a lot of the people who are in charge at that club, but I think this is one that they got got hopelessly wrong because you can't go treating ornaments of the club like that. And Benji should have been allowed to go out on his own terms. He should have been allowed to announce when he was going to retire. He shouldn't have found out through the media. Mm. Further to that, there's a couple of people trying to drive this narrative that Michael Maguire's lost the dressing room and uh, everybody's off him and that he's not going to survive there as a head coach. That's completely false and inaccurate. Uh, There are a couple of players who Madge does butt heads with at times, but you've only got to look at the way that they fought their way back into proceedings at Brookvale, which is a really tough joint to go and win games at uh, yesterday afternoon, evening, uh, to see that clearly Madge hasn't lost all the dressing room at all. In fact, I'd argue you look at the improvement in players like David Nofaluma, Alex Twoll, those types, Josh Alloyer, he's improving that club and he is the coach that can get them where they want to finally go. Just on your point too, Hoops, about the the way Benji was treated this week, finding out that the club was no longer interested in him through the media and and I think it's it's not a stretch at all to say that Benji is, is the greatest player in the West Tigers mm. club uh, since the yeah. joint venture came together. Other players look at the way champions are, are treated at clubs and the senior players are treated at clubs. And that's one of the things that people note about the Roosters, how well regarded uh, the, the senior players, how well respected uh, they are, how well treated they are, and how the club has an interest in them beyond their final season. And for the Tigers to handle Benji the way they have this week uh, is really going to reflect poorly on the club and it's going to reflect poorly around the game and other players will look at that and think, well, here's a guy, nobody's done more to put West Tigers on the map than Benji Marshall and this is how he was treated. Do we think, do we think boys, that ben, well, Hoops, you're probably closest to this. Do, you, do we think Benji will pick up a side? Do you think he'll play on? I reckon it's too early to say at mm-hmm. this stage. Anthony, perhaps the, the injury to Kieran Foran yesterday could well prove uh, an element of all of that puzzle as well because we think Kieran, uh, having torn a peck, he's, he's off contract, but he's now in all likelihood going to be ruled out for 
a number of months, so that may mean other sides have got their eyes open and on the lookout. But at this stage, uh, I think Benji's just focusing on the immediate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. look, there is a bit of a whisper that the dogs were interested in him. Okay. Yeah, his brother's there, and I think they're going to be – I don't think anyone would uh, would argue that a senior playmaker mm-hmm. – be wasted going to Canterbury. Like they're desperate for people like him there. And congratulations to the West Tigers. They showed a lot of uh, courage to come back and beat Manly last night. It's a good entertaining game. We do this thanks to our friends at Bryden's Lawyers. Uh, you can give them a call anytime on one 848 or head over to the website brydens.com.au. Paul Kent, James Triceps, Hooper, Gordy, Fester, Talis and Maroon. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and we'll do a little bit more NRL and talk matters pertinent to rugby league on the Sunday Sinbin for Brydens as Triple M rocks the footy. Sunday Sinbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.